Welcome to the Always Evolving Podcast. This is a podcast about living an awake, aware, conscious life. If it helps to evolve us as individuals, we will likely cover it at some point on this podcast. Because after all, we are always evolving and in all ways. I'm your host, Erica Boucher. I'm here today with Nancy Rosenfeld. Nancy is a kindred spirit for me. She shares my love of travel. She's a positive, forward-thinking, independent female. And we've been in each other's orbit for a couple of years now. We were introduced through mutual friends that said we really needed to know each other. And I just consider Nancy to be a fellow citizen of the world. And she's got a wonderful story, and we're going to talk about it. Nancy has just published her book called I Am Doing This. Why don't you tell us what the book is about, Nancy? Better to come from your mouth than mine. Sure. So the purpose of the book is to be inspiring and instructive to go for your dreams, no matter what those dreams are. And I use my true life story to share and expose feelings, fears, planning, joys of going for a dream. In my particular case, I had reached a tipping point where I wanted to make major changes in my life, not out of anger, fear, anything like that. I was ready to just go. And the book is about what that felt like and preparing to just go, which meant for me to travel without an end date or an end destination for where I would return to. So it's the early months of how does that feel? Um, leaving my career, everything that happened in the early months of preparation, and then making the commitment that I'm really going to do this. I am doing this. And then preparing for the travel and the um, preparations for my home, my, my dog, my car, all that kind of stuff. And then go launch, start traveling. And I didn't have an end date and it ended up lasting eight consecutive months, packing and repacking in 55 places until I did finally get to a point where I'm ready to pause. And where is that going to be? So then it's the whole story of where am I going to go and how I landed in the place I am now living my dreams. So I went for it. And it's been a a remarkable journey. I'm very, very happy. I love it. You are, so this is the third podcast interview that I've done with a person or people who are traveling the world and who are essentially citizens of the world. But each Each of you have a different story. Each of you kind of prepared for it a little bit differently. And so that's what was interesting for me about you. First of all, the other two podcast interviews that I did, there was 
they were a part of a couple. So you're doing this as a solo independent woman, which is even more adventurous for a lot of people. I think a lot of women would be hesitant. And so I would love for you to speak to that, how you chose to do it. You're not letting the fact that you're solo, a solo female keep you from living your dream. Because I think people come up with excuses all the time. It could be, oh, I don't want to do it by myself, or there's not enough money, or I think that's what happens is people start to come up with all the reasons why not, and then it ends up stopping them in their tracks. Right, right. So that is a huge point. I um, was over 50 and solo, and there were certain things that I knew about this journey more that I did not know. And one of the, and some of the things I knew is that I knew I wanted to travel when I left my career and I knew I was going to be doing it alone because I wasn't in a relationship and I knew it was going to be long-term. And I had, I'm, I'm independent. I'd love to share. I get energy from being around people, but I'm also very good on my own. And, and you'll read in the book the story of how that evolved, how my soul prepared me to be alone more and to be good with it. It didn't just happen overnight. It was a a practice and a process. Another big practice was learning to have self-trust and learning to listen to my inner voice because I was a very analytical person. My career was chief financial officer, um, executive consultant to leadership teams, very organized, multitasking. To just listen to my heart, let guide me was unusual. This was an experiment for me to trust that I could listen to my heart and let that guide me and that I would be fine no matter what. So it did not happen overnight. And that's something about the book preparing my courage to do this. And I will say I had um, traveled before as a couple. My longest travel prior to this as a couple was nine countries in nine weeks in Europe. But this wasn't anything like that. I was not looking for a bunch of stamps in my passport. I was immersing into culture, scenery, um, relaxation. So, um, yeah, and and my background was finance. So I felt very comfortable uh, forecasting cash needs and where I would access money from. And I estimated how much I would need. And I usually stayed under that, but still completely enjoyed myself. And that was a whole, the financial part's a whole um, process also to understand what you're spending now and what you no longer need to spend, and you can use those funds towards your travel. So as an independent female over 50, I had experience traveling. I had become comfortable and happy, independent, and trusting myself was so important. The other thing that really stood out for me 
watching your journey was the the recognition that, like you said, you really had a plan. You didn't just decide one day, ah, I'm done. I'm just cutting ties. I'm taking off. I'm ready to have an adventure. You you planned for this. So there was thought and planning and organizing and putting things together, right? So how, how long of a plan, how long did you spend in the planning mode? So I am instinctively a planner. My career was strategic planning and I'm very organized, but I actually did not want to over plan this. The key was to follow my heart and let that lead me. However, I did have responsibilities to put in place. So some of the planning was about six months before I finally left, I created a list. And on the top of the list, it said, I am doing this. Many months, maybe four or five months before I created that list, I had already been triggered by something that I knew I wanted to leave my career and travel, but I wasn't ready. And it's so important, you'll see this throughout the book, is that I was committed to myself to flow with ease, to not struggle with this, to work on it when I was feeling good and joyful, and I would go when I was ready. So about six months before departure, I created this list and I created categories of what were the big items to be prepared to do this. The first was related to kind of personal business. I needed to move out of my place. I was renting because I didn't want to pay rent or a mortgage while I was traveling. I needed to take care of my pet and my car because I liked my car. I didn't want to sell it. And I didn't know where I was coming back to, so I wanted to keep some valuables in storage. I had to sort through everything to decide what was going and what was being saved. It ended up being in a five by eight storage unit, which was a whole. I've know, been time. there. I know exactly. Yeah. What like. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Then the next category were was um, insurance because I'm practical. I and I'm over fifty, very healthy, but I knew I was going to need health insurance, uh, accessible, and travel interruption insurance for anything I prepaid. So that, and what I did, I made this list of questions without any answers. I was going to let the answers and the solutions flow to me. I wasn't going to freak out or get overwhelmed when I felt like working on it. I would. Then Also, there was the travel life. Where was I going to go? For how long? I needed lodging. I needed flights. So I had some general ideas of where I wanted to go. But again, it was open-ended. I knew I needed and wanted to see my son. And I was in San Diego. And I knew I wanted to see my son in Florida and my mom and sister in Houston before I left. So there was, you know, who do I need to see? What do I need to do? before I leave. And then the big one, obviously, was financial. How much cash did I think I was going to need? When? How was I going to access it? And I was gone for eight months and did not use an ATM one time. I charged everything. And I I was out with friends. I started with like $300 in cash and I never went to an ATM. I just charged everything and got points. And if I was out with someone and they used cash, I would usually charge it and take their cash. And it was 
easy. It was no problem at all. So that was the planning. During the eight months, I packed and repacked in 55 places. So it's being very um, thrifty and efficient with your packing and your luggage. And I had a carry, I traveled mostly with a carry-on and a backpack. And there were some places that I stayed for one to two nights, but most places it was for a week or more. And there were some places where it was a month or more. So where was your favorite place that you visited in that time? New Zealand. (laughs) Mm. I spent a month in New Zealand and every day was an adventure. And that was an experience that was planned in advance. I knew at the point that I was going to be departing for New Zealand But I had five months before I was departing to travel. And then I had obviously whatever time came after. But uh, New Zealand was a plan, was kind of the first part that was planned. And it was inspired by a friend who had done a month journey there. And I saw her photos on Facebook and I was like, I'm going there. And I did. And it was one thing that's um, fun is I created a website. And I created a photo gallery of what happened during the eight months, including the travel pictures. So that's on my website, too. So it sounds like, well, it sounds amazing. And how much of that journey do you talk about it in the book? How much of the of all of that do you go into? Or is the book more about the overall figure out what it is you want for your life. And here's how you go about making it happen. I go into great detail of the travels because the book is designed to, for an audience that is either interested in the travel part. And then I go into great detail about where I went and what I did. I even name places. So if they're there, for instance, if you're in in New Zealand, you'll know where I went kayaking, or I went to the Hobbit village, or, you know, where I was every day. And in the travel section, you'll get uh, the feelings, the experiences, and recommendations. And then about a third of the book is preparing uh, emotionally, logistically, doing the research, um, what happened with my family, a loved one died along the way, you know, how that experience affects you. And, and then about the last third of the book is about what happened after the travel when I decided to pause and um, create a new life. The travel really inspired a new life. And it has guided me every day to have self-trust, to flow with ease, and to know that everything is going to work out better than I can imagine if I'll just relax and let it flow. Mm. The one thing you mentioned was writing it down. And at the top of the paper, it said, I am doing this. And then you wrote down what it was that you were going to do. And 
I've found in my own life that when I write things down, it's like it solidifies it. And the chances are much greater that it's going to happen if I have actually taken the time to write it down. In fact, I think when I was like 17 years old, I wrote a, like a to-do list for my life, like things that I wanted to do and accomplish and experience in this life. And one of them was writing and publishing a book, which I did. But so far, I've done everything on that to-do list except for run a marathon. And, and we will see if that happens, <laughs> if that one gets done. But writing it down is powerful. And so I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Yes, I'm a big list maker. And just because I, my mind is gushing with ideas and I want to get them down and I can come back to it whenever I want. So I made several lists, many lists. Um, there was the, I am doing this list. There was the travel itinerary list. There was the financial list. And I also journal. Hmm. And in the book, I share a lot of my journal entries because those are the ones that are most revealing. I share what I'm feeling, the questions I'm asking myself. Because when you're traveling solo, you're in a conversation with yourself a lot. Mm -hmm. And so some of the most revealing ideas and feelings were when I would journal and ask myself, how are you feeling today, Nancy? Hmm. Using my own name, you know, what do you think about that, Nancy? Um, and I truly believe that writing it down creates an energy and a, a momentum. And behind writing it down is the belief that it's possible. Believing, so whatever your dream is, you know, maybe it is to relocate or to write a book or to open a certain kind of business or to travel, there needs to be the belief that it's possible. And then when you write it down, the energy and momentum starts creating ideas for, okay, well, what's the first step? And then that's going to inspire the next step. And all of a sudden, your mind and your body and your energy starts looking for people, places, and things to validate and to um, come into your presence. That's the way the, the, the synchronicities and the magic that happened during this journey are incredible. And I, I talk about that. I would put out a question and then just leave it alone. It's like, what am I going to do with my dog? You know, what am I going to do with my car? Um, where am I going to stay? But not with panic. It was just a question. And then things would just happen and come to me. So I do believe in focusing your intentions, um, form, you know, articulating your questions, and then don't worry about it start doing the research, being open and allowing opportunities to come to you and solutions to come to you. I've noticed myself in my life that when I put something out with, you know, my, with my thoughts of, 
I put something out into the ethers and then I allow some space to be created there, then the universe provides it. Like you said, you'll meet somebody who's just the right person that you needed to meet at just the right time or some other resource shows up in your life. And I think that's where, like you say, just allowing yourself to flow with ease means trusting not only yourself, like you've been saying, but also trusting life and knowing that everything is available to you when you need it. If you're open and you're receptive, whatever it is that you need most is going to materialize, is going to show up for you. And so I, I love that you're doing the same thing. You're living your life that exact same way. Right, right. And it, it, it doesn't stop. It's, it's like that with everything in your life, with every detail. Right. You know, you can have a hiccup any day and trusting that it's all going to work out. And it's so much healthier for your body too, you know, mm -hmm. not having that stress. And, and really during the travels, I, I went on, I think, 16 flights and there was only one hiccup and, you know, it happened and I missed a connection and so be it. It was one, you know, out of, out of eight months, it wasn't that big of a deal. So it's just rolling with it. Right. And so much of travel is exactly that rolling with it. I think that's one of the beauties of, of being a, a nomad, I guess is, is the right word for it. You know, you're just traveling the earth and allowing yourself to kind of go with the flow and see where it takes you. You start right. to, you start to recognize and trust that everything works out and not to sweat those small things. I was curious while I was traveling, I was posting on my Facebook page um, and my personal page, but mainly my Facebook page called Unleash Your Inner Wisdom. And I noticed some of the comments that I was getting that made me curious. I didn't realize how much I was affecting other people. I was so engrossed in my own adventure that I didn't realize that other people were feeling fear or excitement, curiosity. So I decided after I had settled and paused to do an online survey through SurveyMonkey, asking people what they, if they knew about this adventure and journey I went on, what they thought of it, what they were feeling, but two important questions, how do they feel about solo travel and how do they feel about uncertainty? Because mm -hmm. I feel those two things are strong influences, whether you would do something like this or not. And it was revealing the comments that I received about people's relationship with uncertainty. If you are a person who wants certainty all the time for safety, just know that that's very limiting mm -hmm. because you're only going to know and do what you know instead of being open for things that are way beyond your imagination to come to you and to happen. I love the way you put that, your relationship with uncertainty. And also it's 
about your relationship with yourself. And as I'm always saying, your relationship with others and your relationship with life itself is only as good as your relationship with yourself. And so if you're not comfortable with being alone with yourself and moving about in this world alone, you know, with yourself, then nothing that you're ever going to get from outside of you is ever going to be satisfying. So What's beautiful about this is you're a living example of that. Like you're in this beautiful relationship with yourself and everything outside of that is gravy. And what it does, it puts the the filter on everything you see as beautiful. You see the, you just, you see the beauty in nature and people and places. And it also brings compassion because I did have moments where I felt like, well, maybe I shouldn't share that I'm so happy because I know other people are struggling and I had empathy for them. But at the same time, then I would jog myself, you know, jog my memory, go ahead, share it because it'll inspire others that it is possible and it'll be possible for them to go for their dreams. And that was the validation and feedback I was getting from comments, you know, when I would share on Facebook and then through the survey too. And I did include the survey in the appendix of the book. So you can read what people were feeling and their responses along the way. But definitely your relationship with yourself is, has to be solid. And also health you know, I, I felt very healthy. I knew I was healthy before I left. I did doctor's appointments and financially I was healthy because I didn't, I wouldn't have done it. I'm just that type of person. Um, maybe it's because I'm over 50, but you know, there's, there's different types of dreamers and it doesn't matter what age. Some people just trust that no matter what they need, it will come to them. I am come from a background of finance. I wanted to make sure that my financial house was in order. And if I needed to work along the way, I could. And I think that's what most people do who take this leap of faith is to trust that they know they're resourceful, that they, they do have skills or they can go out there and work my real uncertainty was, would I be lonely? And I knew that if I wanted to be around people, all I had to do was step outside. I would remind myself, if I am lonely, what do I need to do? I'm not, I'm not going to sit and wallow about it. I step outside and I can interact with people on walks. I, I love live music. I can go sit and listen to live music. I'm not afraid to have a beer or a glass of wine and just sit and listen to live music. I can go to a yoga studio. So years ago, I wrote a book called Finding Joy Amidst the Chaos, and it gets you in touch with your inner workings of what brings you peace and joy. So no matter what's going on around you, you can reach for that. So I knew what brought me joy. And it, it includes being outside, especially being at the ocean, um, 
you know, meditating, doing yoga, journaling, interacting with others. So no matter how um, happy you are with yourself, also know what you need for your own nourishment. Yeah, I think that's, that's wise to know what your needs are and, and how you can meet those needs for yourself. Exactly. So you are now in Hawaii, right? Correct. Aloha. <laughs> and that's where, <laughs> is that where you're going to be setting up some roots or you? My roots are set. I'm, this is where I'm staying for indefinitely. So what does that look like? Have you, have you purchased a home or? Well, I traveled and went back to San Diego and this is all in the book. And it was some things happened where I had to make a decision very quickly within 10 days, I needed to be ready to move. And that is very fast. I went back to San Diego reduced my storage stuff and got the dog ready and the car ready, which is a funny story. It's really what happened with the car. Shipping a car uh, across an ocean was not as easy as I thought or bringing a pet. And I moved here. At first, I had to buy the plane ticket and I didn't have a place to live. And so again, it was like, everything worked out before, everything's going to work out now. So about 10 days before the flight to Hawaii, I finally found a place to live short term for about a month with the dog to give me time to look for longer term. And I, um, yeah, so we came over here. That was about... uh, gosh, a year and a half ago, two years. Yeah, a year and a half ago. And rented and rent here is about the same as in California, which means it's expensive. And especially pre-COVID, it was difficult to find a place to live with a dog. So finally, I decided where in, else in the world would I want to live? And I decided nowhere else. This is so I might as well buy a place and make this my home. And I ended up buying a condo during COVID, which moving when we were in shutdown mode. Of course, Hawaii was closed off for eight months, not allowing residents or visitors without quarantining for 14 days and nothing was open. So I moved and I had a bed and two plates. <laughs> until things started opening. And yeah, I'm every day I wake up, look out the window to palm trees and blue skies and warm temperatures and am appreciative. It's like I get to live here and Mm. it's, it's healthy. The people here that I have met um, feel the same way. So yeah, my, my roots are growing and I, I never say forever, but indefinitely for sure. Nice. Nice. You're living the dream. I truly am. And I'm so appreciative of that. And 
And that was one of the goals of the book is I would love for others to be inspired and to say those words to whatever their dream is and live life authentically and understand how that feels. It's a game changer. I mean, it's perspective and wellness and anything's possible. And I get to do that every day. And it and it's who knows what tomorrow's going to bring. I, I don't I'm not done by any means. I'm I'm just I keep saying I'm doing this and it brings something new into my life. No, oh, I love it. What a great mantra. I'm doing this. I'm doing life. You know, you're, I'm doing this life. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's possible for anyone as long as you believe it's possible. And, and that's the, you know, that's the goal. And, and I've, I've done other work in speaking on attaining the path to your highest potential. I mean, that's been my life's work really uh, since 2003 when I received this tribal wisdom map and began speaking about it and wrote a book about it um, called A Path to Higher Self. But knowing what is going to happen or what's required to happen to reach your highest potential. And I'll tell you, one of the starting points is to feel so much discomfort where you are that the alternative requires change. And you, for most people, until you feel enough discomfort with where you are, or what your situation is, no matter if it's about work or relationship or health or money, until you feel enough discomfort, you probably aren't going to initiate a major change. Mm -hmm. That's why there's yeah, so that's why there's usually a tipping point that's required that starts the process, starts the momentum. If you believe in law of attraction, then you be start becoming aligned with law of attraction and, um, you know, believing that it's possible to reach it. That's what it's about. Yeah, I, I often say that if it feels like everything that you've counted on is kind of crumbling around you, that might be a great place to be like that might be exactly where you need to be because what is that thing you've been wanting to do but all of your comforts have been keeping you stuck and sometimes it's hard to see that when you're in it when you know your job's in jeopardy or you know everyone's going through so much change right now but what if this is a recalibration? What if this is an opportunity for everybody to stop and really take stock of their lives and what it is they want to create and kind of set their feet on an intentional path moving forward? Well, I completely agree that that's what the universe is doing. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to many people who are unsettled enough that they're being forced to rethink their path, whether they like it or not. Others are embracing it and going for what they want. And, and then, you know, still others are resisting. When someone says, I wish it was the way it used to be, mm. they're resisting and they're not embracing 
the unknown for something can be so much better. And it's just a matter of time. External forces are either going to push you over the fence or you can leap over the fence and love it. (laughs) And, you know, I just, I take every experience as one of two things. I'm either going to learn from it or I'm going to love it. And if it's about learning from it, then it's information as something I like or I don't like. And, you know, if you approach um, discomfort that way, oh, this is information. I don't like this. I don't like being told no. Or, you know, I don't like what someone did to me. Then put the, you know, the mirror up. What is my response? In, In the end, this trigger point that made me realize I was ready to, I had always wanted to retire in my fifties. I just didn't know it was going to happen then. And, and I'm sim, I say I'm semi-retired because I still speak and write and who knows what else is out there. After I was triggered to leave my career, then I considered it a gift all that discomfort I felt in the situation of the tipping point to leave my career was really a gift because it accelerated this grand adventure I was going on. Would I have even done it? I don't know. But it was a gift because it kind of pushed me out there to go for it. Mm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, I often I often say as well, it's when life brings us to our knees, that's usually the beginning of something in that moment when we are, when we're humbled and we're brought to our knees and we, and the ego stops thinking that it's got everything under control. And, and sometimes that's super scary, but if we surrender to that moment, like you said, it's, you just don't know what's on the other side. Right. And so much of that happened in the book and being solo, I would journal about it. And because I'm so glad I did, because when it came time to write the book, I, I spent, oh, at least a couple of months. So the book took me 18 months to write. And a couple of months of that was just transcribing relevant portions from my journal in date order. And I could see what I was feeling and where there was a fear or where there was a, an unknown and how I responded to it and where intuition, guidance, and, um, you know, my heart was really speaking. It, made, it makes the story more raw and vul- vulnerable and real. And so I'm very happy that I wrote it down because I wouldn't have remembered all those details otherwise. Mm, yeah. So you've mentioned two other books. How many books have you written? This is my fifth book. Wow. And yeah, the, the first book I wrote, I didn't consider myself really an author. I was a speaker. Uh, I was in the corporate world and I would speak and I worked with leaders and a publisher asked me to write a book on what I had seen with leadership behavior. I knew that was a gift if a publisher comes to you and asks you to write a a book. So my first book was more of a a business leadership book. But then um, the last four books are more personal growth, 
um, memoir, true story. The, um, the next book I wrote was the story of one taking a year off of work because I was burned out and my life changed. And the name of that book is A Left Brain Thinker on a Right Brain Journey. And mm. that's a transformational guidebook. And then uh, the book, the next book was um, Finding Joy Amidst the Chaos. And that's the book about getting real clear about what brings you calm. And you can reach for that no matter what's going on around you. And then the fourth book is about that tribal wisdom path called uh, A Path to Higher Self. And then the fifth book, which was so fun to write, called I Am Doing This. And I really had fun writing it, reliving the travel journeys, the experiences, and posting the, the pictures on my website for a photo gallery. There's also a fun one-minute video where the publisher used some of my uh, photos. So yeah, I never thought that I really, I didn't start my life saying I wanted to be a writer, uh, but I'm very expressive and writing is my medium. So it's worked for me. Wonderful. Wonderful. I can't, I can't wait to read. Well, I'd love to read all of them. I only knew of the last one. So I've got some, some poking around to do on your website. Where can people find out more about you and get their hands on your books? Okay. So this latest book, I created a website just for it because of the photo gallery and I want it to be more interactive. And that's, I am doing this Nancy Rosenfeld dot Weebly, that's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. And you can get a free excerpt there, watch a one minute video, order the book. You can also order this book on Amazon. And there's links to my other books from, from this website. So it's kind of one stop shopping right there. I am doing this Nancy Rosenfeld.weebly.com. Is there anything else you want to say to people before we wrap up today? I want people and readers to realize that they can create their own story like this. They can move forward as long as they believe that it's possible. And my hope in the world is that people are living life authentically and loving it because then if everyone's contributing their gifts to the world in the way that they're loving it, it makes the whole world thrive. Hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's people who are happy, loving, doing what they're doing, where they're doing it, who they're with, and they're contributing their gifts. That's about living authentically. So I'm wanting this book to inspire people to go for their dreams. And then my work is done. Thank you for listening to this episode of All Ways Evolving. Please feel free to share this episode with anyone you think might appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this podcast, let me know by leaving me a five-star rating. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing, keep evolving.